Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. Yes, you are. And today we're joined by um, Pat Marida. Marida, is, or is it Marida or Marida, Pat? It's Marida. Marida, okay. And, and we're going to be talking about an upcoming forum on uh, the nuclear contamination in Southern Ohio, or isotopes are forever. I'm thinking <laughs> diamonds are forever, right? So oh, I tell you, Pat, some of the things that man comes up with for these right. lines, it's amazing. Okay, too. so let me let me give you a little introduction here, Pat, to everybody. Um, you're, uh, according to your bio here, anti-nuclear activist. You've been involved with this since the 1980s, board member of the Ohio Nuclear Weapons Freeze Campaign, and for 25 years volunteering with the Sierra Club and oh, a whole host of things that really have put you on the FBI's most wanted list, no doubt, and, <laughs> uh, and causing all sorts of good trouble. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, uh, and then we'll plug the forum and then we'll get into some discussions about, about nuclear. Yeah, well, I am a retired pharmacist and I've been involved in anti-nuclear activities since the early 1980s when my son gave me Carl Sagan's book, Cosmos. And at the very end, they had a, uh, Carl had a chapter about nuclear weapons and nuclear war. And I, I was astonished. I thought this, this could kill us all. And that got me involved in, in nuclear activities. And, um, I now am one of the coordinators with the Ohio Nuclear Free Network. Mm -hmm. And you guys are going to be putting on a forum. Uh, we're going to speak specifically about the um, the facility down in, in Piketon, Ohio, called, you said it's called the Portsmouth. Um, uh, what What's its official name down there? <laughs> well, they used to call it the Portsmouth Nuclear Reservation. Uh, then all across the country, the NRC and the Department of Energy stopped using the word nuclear. And so now they refer to it as the Portsmouth site. So the, oh. <laughs> but it's not but, even Portsmouth, but, it's in Pikeville. But we, but we all still have reservations about it, right? <laughs> we still refer to it as the Portsmouth nuclear site. But it's confusing because it's in Piketon, Ohio. Yeah. And locals, locals there also refer to it as the A plant. The A plant, as in, ah, <laughs> we're <laughs> all going to die. <laughs> so, all right. So, so you're going to, there's going to be a forum that's discussing some of the issues around that. Why don't you let us know the dates of that and, and where it's going to be held? Yes, that is Saturday, June 10th, and it's going to be held at the Comfort Inn in Piketon, which is very close to the plant. So, we encourage people that live in the area to please come. Uh, please come and attend. Okay. And is there an online, uh, a Facebook or a website that people can jump in on, or is that under development? Our website is soon to be up. Uh, it's at onfn.org. And uh, that's for Ohio Nuclear Free Network. Or you can do a search for Ohio Nuclear Free Network. And um, well, what are they doing at the at the forum, and you know why why would I want to attend? <laughs> well, let me give you a little bit of background about the plant first, so you'll understand why there's a problem okay. there. Okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> the the uh, it started the, the plant started enriching uranium, and this was all to make nuclear bombs. 
and this was back in the early 1950s. It took two coal plants full, full time to give to produce enough electricity to run the plant. Uh, it uh, used as much electricity as the city of New York, and they bragged about it back in that day. Uh, the buildings covered almost 100 acres under roof. And wow. the worst thing about this was that all most of that time, the Department of Energy brought in high-level radioactive waste and ran it through to, to, to collect the uranium that was in the waste, which yeah. contaminated the site with plutonium, americium, transuranics, and other other isotopes of other radioactive elements. So that's the main problem. And now the plant is being dismantled because they're um, they're going to hope <laughs> they want to start a centrifuge operation. So dismantling this plant, they're doing it without proper covering, and so even more of these uh, radioactive elements are are going off site. So, so what what happened with the uh, material? when they would bring it in, obviously they were trying to recover some of the radioactive elements out of that, but, but they don't get it all. So what did they do? Just pile it up in the backyard or, or what happened with all of this stuff? Well, there is um, what's left over from the enrichment process is called depleted uranium. And that is in a form uh, of a hexafluoride form. And they add all this fluorine to the uranium in order to make a gas out of it so that they can enrich the uranium. And then that's left over in cylinders. So there's many thousand, about at least 14,000 cylinders there full of this stuff. And, well, what's the, what's the shelf life on that? Because stuff, just because they use some of it doesn't mean it's not still <laughs> nuclear active. So radioactivity, you know, is forever. Yeah. And the, um, they would like to enrich, they would like to re-enrich what's in those cylinders, um, some of it. And, and they would also like to use it to make depleted uranium weapons. So um, that's one of the new processes that they are trying to start there. So and you're saying basically that. dirty bombs is, is sort of what they call these things, the dirty bombs that they're trying to build out of, out of that. A dirty bomb might be something that you could just use and <laughs> use lower enriched uranium. Well, um, 25% enriched uranium and just explode that and make a dirty bomb. With depleted uranium, they actually use that for the weight. So they use that in nuclear bombs. They could use that to make a nuclear uh, a bomb a little heavier or and they use it in shells and artillery and for and in tanks. When, when you say they, you mean a private company? Yes, a private company. There's one called American, um, let's see, uh, Mid-America conversion, and they oh, would wow. be making a precursor for our depleted uranium weapons. And the other new process that they're planning to start, there's two new processes. Both of them, both of them are being done without the required 
uh, in environmental impact statement. The other one is nuclear uh, is uh, uranium enrichment using centrifuges, and they're going to enrich that to 25%, which is exactly what can be used to make that dirty bomb. Wow. Well, so talk about the forum and yes, what's going to happen there and why would I want to come? <laughs> well, we're very excited about this because we have on our committee, we've, we have Dr. Michael Ketterer, and he is a PhD analytic, analytical chemist. He is a professor emeritus. Uh, of chemistry and biochemistry at Northern Arizona University. And there at the university, they have a brand new spectrophotometer, which is is one of the world's best and newest um, instruments that can analyze these radioisotopes and determine where they came from. And so he has taken samples from off-site. He's analyzed them and he has found that Contrary to what the Department of Energy would like us to think, that there is a lot of radioactivity off-site that can be traced directly to the plant. So he is going to be speaking um, uh, uh, about radioisotopes near the Portsmouth nuclear site and what he has found. And um, he has... um, been interviewed by Dwayne Pullman at, uh, on WKRC in Cincinnati, and Dwayne will be there recording the event. Uh, the, another speaker is uh, Joseph Mangano, who we engaged to do a study of the health effects around the site. And so what Joe did was just take statistics from the Centers for Disease Control. Now, Joe's uh, an experienced epidemiologist. Uh, He is the executive director of the Radiation and Public Health Project in Ocean City, New Jersey. And he has done, he's done studies around nuclear plants worldwide. And particularly he has done studies with radioactivity in baby teeth. Some of our listeners here might have heard about those studies. Uh, the strontium really goes to the bones, radioactive strontium. And so he, he's spent years analyzing those and he wants people around nuclear plants to send him those, send him their baby teeth. So um, he's going to be talking about the results of his study and the soaring rates of, of cancer and um, particularly the death rate there. So Pike County, what they have discovered is that since 1950, comparing 1950 statistics from the Centers for Disease Control with 2020 statistics, that cancer's incidence has gone up about 35%. But the overall death rate between ages 0 and 74 has gone up 85%. That's almost double. And the smoking gun here is smoking because it's not smoking. It's uh, it's the plant. Uh, So I I have a question. Uh, So you're going to have this forum and um, hopefully people will promote it 
that's one of the things you need people to do, isn't it? To promote the forum and get people out. But then what are you hoping will be the outcome of, of this with a long-term impact of what you're doing here? Well, we would really like to see Congress actually look at what is happening with the Department of Energy and the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, because the Nuclear Regulatory Commission is really not regulating. They're more or less rubber stamping uh, licenses, like they've rubber stamped these, these um, two new processes at, at the Portsmouth Nuclear Site. So do you so actually that's one think? thing. Oh, okay, go ahead. And of course, people there, there's so many illnesses there. So we, at the end of this, the talks, we are inviting people to come who live around the plant, who have health issues, to come and speak about their family health issues. Mm -hmm. So we hope that those people will also come. And hopefully, well, well the community has tried to rally. You know, the, the village of Piketon has... Uh, done studies about the the proposed about the not the proposed the actual disposal facility that's that's being built on site over top of cracked bedrock, which will eventually maybe it will be a hundred years, but it will eventually reach the aquifer. So mm -hmm. we definitely um, want those people who, um, who who've experienced these real family tragedies to, uh, to attend. Well, I, I, I would like to ask you a little bit about local reaction, but before that, <clears throat> I want to remind people that you're listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jane Annie Warmke, reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. After this show, I say, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Well, in this case, the end of the world might be a little too literal. We've yes. always been saying end of and, how we do things. And but, thank God for people like Pat, who sure. doesn't give up. Well, what thank I was you. what I was curious about, Pat, is that um, oftentimes with these kind of things, there's a reason why they cite these things in the heart of Appalachia. And, and uh, oftentimes local inhabitants, even though they're bearing the brunt of these uh, health issues and the like, look at these plants as an opportunity, good paying jobs, that kind of thing. So are you getting support from local government, local um, people, local population, or are you guys looked at as troublemakers coming in, trying to keep us from having good jobs and a good industrial base in our impoverished region, uh, sort of or is it a mix of both? Well, I think it's a mix. I think there are, are some people that when you have government, powerful government agencies, people do tend to believe, you know, they th well, these are the experts and, and they defer to them. But the people also understand the health effects. And so many people, there are um, two uh, class action lawsuits uh with hundreds of people that are, that are in the works against this plant and, and its contractors and the Department of Energy. Um, and um, um, the, the um, workers' compensation has paid out over $1.3 billion. You can go and look that up on the wow. internet to, wow. to workers for their health effects. These are 
at, at that plant. And yet the Department of Energy just, they don't really respond. They just stay quiet. Uh, an elementary school has been closed down uh, down there, the Zahn's Corner Elementary School, or uh, Middle School, and they're, they are rebuilding that school school in the process and the department of energy just acts like that's something very normal to to have to rebuild a school because of radioactive contamination that was found in in doe's own air monitors and in samples from the school but you know i keep thinking about how things are different than they used to be when you could protest and actually influence congress and our legislators, and I just wonder what you think the likelihood that Senator J.D. Vance is going to listen or that the Congress people from that district, because the other Congress people don't care. If you're not from that district, they don't care. And the Ohio legislature, which ought to be very concerned, you know, I just don't see them even looking up to see what you're doing. They're like, you're no threat. You're just, you know, like a lone mosquito and we'll swat you a few times and you'll go away. Well, most people don't really even understand where the nuclear power plants are or what they do, and particularly not to the weapons sites like at the Port at Portsmouth nuclear site. Um, uh, Remind me what the first part of your question was. <laughs> well, are do you do you really are you as cynical as Annie that that the <laughs> uh, that the elected politicians really oh, yes. will they not don't respond. even look up. They're not even looking up. JD Vance is like, you know, what how much money did he take from this industry yeah. to get elected? Yeah, the well, money talks. Th that we don't know, but we are going to reserve seats for the politicians and we, you know, we're going to plan to, to contact them. And um, uh, we hope that our senators will be there. Uh, but oftentimes they, a lot of times they will come and they'll make, they will say things like, yes, we want this to be cleaned up. That's pretty non-controversial. Everyone thinks that. But of course, radioactivity doesn't go away. Wherever you put it, mm -hmm. it remains radioactive. For, and even when it breaks down, it breaks down into other radioisotopes that, um, that also uh, have different um, half-lives. Well, so one, it, one it, of the so, items that was on the agenda that you had there for the conference was, okay, the past here the past 50, 60, 70 years has been pretty horrible for this particular location, but the future could be just as horrible. I mean, is that, is that, I'm misreading that or is that fairly uh, accurate? Yes, that is our last speaker. Terry Lodge is our lawyer and he has tried to intervene with this licensing of these two new, uh, new facilities the one that would enrich uranium and the other one that would uh, use the depleted uranium, uh, reprocess process that in a certain way that it, that it would facilitate making uh, nuclear uh, um, or depleted uranium weapons for warfare. And uh, they're also um, talking about even make, making a plant that would uh, would fabricate the fuel there. Now there's a fuel fabrication plant in Irwin, Tennessee, 
horribly, horribly contaminated. So, but uh, both of these processes, as I said before, uh, were okayed without doing a required environmental impact statement. So that does not bode well for the future. And Terry Lodge, the lawyer who knows about this and who is, who's done the interventions or the, attempted them because they were su not successful. Um, one of them, the depleted uranium, well, it was too late. And the one about Centris and the um, uh, in, in centrifuge enrichment, there's a possibility that that could still be viable. And Terry will talk about that at the forum. So, so here's the thing. Everybody's being way too polite. Way, way too polite. You know, who, who believes that making these kind of weapons is a good thing? Not somebody who has a moral compass that's anything like a normal person or, or subnormal, I'm not sure. But, you know, in my mind, the first thing I think of is who are these people that are paying off government officials through contributions to their whatevers? Um, because I want to know where they live. I want to put a sign in their front okay. yard that says, you know, have people show up and put signs in their front yards or at their business site where, cause they have a nice office somewhere. We're just being way too polite about all of it. People's lives. I mean, and think about who paid that uh, workers comp fee for that billion and some dollars that was coming out of Ohio taxpayers pockets. Okay. This is why Amy is not elected uh, to any office, <laughs> <laughs> and nor will she ever be. Um, I, I guess I'm ahead of okay. many things. <laughs> I, I, I guess we're kind of in the mode of saying it shouldn't be this way, but it is, and and so I, I think it's good that you guys are trying what you can do to at least make people aware of it. But what occurs to me is, you know, living here where I do, and it's not that far away, really geographically. I would have no awareness that this plant even existed or that these issues are, are local here without, you know, you, you spreading the word, but it strikes me that there must be hundreds of these kind of facilities uh, scattered around the country that, you know, only the people who live right next door to them even know that, that there's a potential of all of this nuclear waste and nuclear disasters just sort of looming out there. we we don't have to wait for someone to drop a bomb. We're, we're doing it ourselves, to ourselves. Well, you're right about that. And part of the problem is indeed the media, because we don't have too many folks like you to try to get the word out. Uh, it's, uh, the media is corporate owned, so much of it, and they lose advertisers if they, if they say anything about the, the, the ownership. And so it's been very hard to get accurate. But the public does not... The American public doesn't agree with so many things. The American public wants everybody to have you know, uh, uh, medical care and so forth and so on. The American public, but the American public doesn't have input. It doesn't seem to matter anymore right, with the right. gerrymandering. That's um, right. right. Uh, what the public really wants. The politicians can go ahead and... and um, and, and do what they want with, and maybe the public doesn't even know how their legislator uh, legislators voted. Well, they have to have their head in the sand 
not to know that they don't care. Well, one thing that we do have that seems to be something that corporate interests listen to is is the power to uh, is economic power and when that economic power is harnessed. And you're mentioning that a lot of this is being done by private enterprise that of course, you know, is the the profits are privatized and and the downside or the risks are socialized because you know, we pay to clean up the mess, but they they keep the money when they're when they're generating it. But is there some way of basically outing these companies? I mean, they they operate under names like, you know, general amalgamated export and import or something. And it means absolutely nothing to anybody. But if if all of a sudden we found out that the same company that operates this operates Burger King, you know, and, and suddenly we can we can actually make them aware that we are aware that they're not all smiles and but grins. But you just said it in the nicest way when I said, let's just go put, because yeah. the, the shaming, even though they have no shame, but their kids may have some shame yeah. or their neighbors may have some shame or people they do business with or people that are their suppliers. I mean, there's a whole network of ways that you can impact and go after this this company and they do own politicians or they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Okay. So I'm, I'm just saying, do they earn, do they own Burger King or is it, or do they <laughs> well, not? One of the, one of the issues with nuclear is that there are only, there are very, not that many uh, that actually do this work. And so they all form LLC limited liability corporations. So they, can't be sued. They can go bankrupt and, and leave a mess. Uh, they uh, that, So it will be something like uh, BWXT Portsmouth, you know, so they're, yeah. they're the ones that are, are doing the cleanup there. Well, that's a specific LLC just, just for that. Right. Uh, so, but they can be sued. You know, there are funny little laws is the, like when the Planned Parenthood went after um, the people who were killing the doctors who performed abortions, and they used a law uh, for a, a, that was in place about organized crime, and they won. And that's the thing of it, you know, and who are their, do they have shares? Do they sell shares? Do they, you know, who are their people who invest? They don't just come up with this money. People are investing those people have families. Those people have businesses. You know, that's where I think we have to go today because we don't have right. a media. We don't have Congress. We don't have local <laughs> politicians that are going to stand up. Okay. Well, you can, you can organize your, <laughs> your, uh, your protest and your, and your little uh, army. I think it's a good idea to try and identify these people. But I want to, in the last 30 seconds, give you the opportunity to once again restate what are the dates of this event where people can get incensed and go down there and, and shout? <laughs> and uh, and where will it be? All right, so Pat. Okay, so the forum uh, is Saturday, June 10th. It's at the Comfort Inn in Piketon, Ohio. Their ag exact address is 7525 US 23. It's right on the main drag, 1 p.m. And uh, afterwards, the public, you'll be able to Q&A. There will be an opportunity again for the public to speak about any health issues or concerns um, uh, and uh, to address who owns these companies. It's the, 
the government, everything nuclear is going to be almost 100% subsidized from now on yeah. by the government. From so it's government okay, well. that are going to be paying for this and that will be brought up. We'll be discussing that at the forum. Plus, plus um, many, we're really looking forward to, to having this. And we want to thank Jay and All Annie right. for, for promoting it. Okay, well, you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and the rabble-rousing Annie Warmke. <laughs> we want to thank uh, Pat, Pat Morita, for all of your hard work and this. And we want to thank our always uh, nuclearly benign <laughs> producer, Adam <laughs> Rich. He, he does not even ticket a Geiger counter. And uh, we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and eat your veggies. Till next time. Bye-bye. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueRockstation.com.